Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, aimed at helping you live an active, healthy, and enjoyable life in and around Spokane, Washington. Brought to you by Gordon Physical Therapy. And now, here's your host, Dr. Luke Gordon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast. As that lovely introduction just told you, I am your host, Dr. Luke Gordon, physical therapist uh, coming out of Spokane Valley, Washington. And uh, thank you for joining me today. It's been a long time since I put out a podcast. I was just checking on iTunes, and it's been since last April that I put out a podcast. Uh, so it feels good for me to be back recording again. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about doing it, and feels kind of weird just not being able to do it for so long or or just kind of um, not prioritizing it well enough. But as you can imagine, part of that process was just being during COVID. And I hope you're doing well throughout all of the kind of the craziness and the changes and the ups and downs that we've had over the last several months. So as I'm recording this now, it is now towards the end of September in 2020. And there's still a lot going on, a lot of changes out there. But like I said, I hope you've managed to to stay healthy and and just take care of yourself. Probably by the time this comes out, it'll be into October. One of the themes though that I've been seeing a lot is that we work with a lot of older adult clients at the clinic. Mainly we work with active adults, you know, so into your 40s, 50s, 60s, and then the older adults as well as they're into the retirement years and into the Medicare years and things like that. And for a lot of our clients who were doing pretty good prior to COVID, in terms of maybe they had an issue with a knee or a back or a hip, but they got to a point where they were doing pretty well and now they were exercising on their own, maybe going to the YMCA and doing a couple classes or possibly like an aquatic therapy group or a yoga group or something like that. A lot of those people have slowly lost ground during COVID and now they're starting to reach out to us a lot more at the clinic just because now they're saying, well, geez, I was doing so well and now all of a sudden I don't feel that steady walking across the room. You know, my balance isn't that great and now that it's a, somewhat, you know, safer or more socially acceptable to get outside and to go to the grocery store and do these things to reconnect with my friends. Now I'm realizing that I don't have the mobility or the endurance or the balance that I used to have, or I've got this nagging knee pain, which we're going to talk about today in today's podcast, or I've got this back pain or sciatica or, you know, you name it, any of the aches and pains that come along with aging just in general at any age, really 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, what what have you. So anyways, so a lot of clients are coming back out and they're saying, hey, I do need help with some of these things. So I think today's topic is going to be relevant if you find yourself in that boat or just if you've dealt with knee pain in the past anyways. Knee pain is a really, really common thing to encounter in life, more or less at any age. And I'll I'll explain uh, during today's episode why knee pain is so common. That's what we're going to start with. And then during the episode today, we're going to cover a ton of information, basically just like the last two podcast episodes I've done, which again, we're we're back in March and April. I'm going to follow a similar basic approach where I'm going to take what I usually use for my material at a workshop, like a live workshop, or nowadays I'm doing more like virtual workshops as well over Zoom. I'm going to take all of that information, which is quite a bit, and I'm going to go through all of it in today's podcast so that you have a really good understanding of various things like what causes knee pain, what factors you need to look for, how do you treat knee pain, you know, some mistakes to avoid, things along those lines. So a lot of information. So, um, you know, sit back and enjoy, or if you're driving in your car or, or exercising or something like that. And then one thing I'm going to say too, before I, before I launch into all the content is that I have the entire worksheet that I use at my workshops. I have all of the information I'm about to discuss on a worksheet. So if you want all that information in writing, just send me an email. I'll link my email in the, in the show notes at the bottom but my email is pretty straightforward. It's just Luke, my first name, L-U-K-E, at Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N, 
physicaltherapy.com. So again, my email is luke at gordonphysicaltherapy.com. Again, if you want any of this material just printed out, if you don't want to take notes, I can definitely send it over to you. It's a nice little resource um, that you could use for yourself or share with a loved one or something like that. So again, we're going to go kind of a deep dive into knee pain today. Talk about all sorts of different types of knee pain and what causes it and what you can do to eliminate knee pain. Ultimately, just like the theme of the podcast, so that you can stay active and mobile and and you can get out and do things that you enjoy doing. You know, uh, it's September right now. And this time of year, lovely time of year in Spokane, of course, but winter is definitely coming. So for a lot of people, this is a great time of year to get on top of some aches and pains, especially if balance has come into play with that as well, because, you know, more than likely we're going to have a pretty decent winter around here and the ice and the snow will be on its way. So again, great time, uh, take advantage of the information and a great time to use it and make some progress with those aches and pains in the knees. So that all being said, again, thank you for joining me and let's just go ahead and dive right into the content here. So the first thing I have in my worksheet here is why is knee pain so common? Again, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but more than likely, if you are an adult right now, you've had knee pain in the past. And I hate to jinx you. If you haven't yet, you probably will. Or at the very least, you know some people who have had knee pain. And it's one of those things in life, kind of like back pain, where it just tends to happen at some point. So the reason knee pain is so common, in my opinion, has a lot to do with the anatomy of the knee. So if you look at the anatomy of the knee, your knee actually contains three distinct joints uh, that involves four different bones. So there's a lot of moving pieces around the knee. So if you look at the bones, you've got your femur, which is that long bone in your thigh. It's the biggest bone in your body. So that's your femur kind of coming down from your hip down towards your knee. And then you have your tibia, which is going the opposite kind of approach. So the tibia is your shin bone. Um, so that's coming from your ankle up towards your knee, let's say. Your bones don't actually have directions, by the way, but just when I'm explaining it, I guess. Uh, so you have your femur and your tibia, which that's what people think of when they think of their knee, is those two bigger bones. They've got the cartilage in between them. They've got all sorts of other structures we're going to talk about here in a little bit. So those are the two main bones. But you also have your fibula, which is that skinny bone along the outside of your ankle. If you go up towards your knee, again, on the outside of the knee, it's that little knobby thing sticking out at the top of your knee. If you follow it all the way down to your ankle, it's the outside knob of your ankle as well. So you've got that. That's your third bone. And then, of course, the fourth bone that we can't forget that everyone loves is your kneecap, aka your patella. So you've got those four different bones. So that's part of the, the reason I think that knee pain is, is common is because you've got a fairly complex anatomy of the joint. You also have several large muscle groups that are crossing the knee joint. The most important of which I think in, in my mind and in probably a lot of PT's minds is that quadriceps muscle group. So the quadriceps is that gigantic muscle group. Hopefully it's gigantic <laughs> on most people because it should be pretty well developed. If you can't though, you know, go up and down stairs because of a bad knee or you can't sit up from a low, you know, get out of a low chair because of a bad knee, you actually might have a rather small quadriceps muscle group having some muscle atrophy. But in a normally functioning knee and active uh, adult, you should have a nice big chunk of muscle on the front of your thigh. And those are your quadriceps. As the name implies, the quadriceps is a group of four muscles. And uh, when it's strong, it can be very strong and very powerful muscle. So that's the biggest muscle group that you have around in your knee. Uh, but you also have uh, your hamstrings going along the back of your knee. You've got one of your calf muscles, your gastroc, gastrocnemius, the fancy name for it that, that crosses the back of your knee. 
You've got several other muscles that are crossing along kind of the inside portion of your knee. I'm not going to go into all those muscle names, but there's a lot of muscles that cross your knee. And so a problem with any of those muscles can directly cause a problem with the knee or vice versa. If you've got a knee, a knee joint issue, it can have a negative effect on those muscles because like I said, your muscles will atrophy if you're not using them and that will create its own source of pain. So again, one more level of complexity with the knee is all those muscle groups. And then you've got a bunch of ligaments involved with your knee. You've probably heard of like your MCL or your ACL. Those are two of the major ligaments. You also have your LCL and your PCL. So those are four of the main ligaments surrounding or inside your knee, depending on which ligament we're talking about. There's some other ones around the area too that I'm not really going to, again, go into too much detail. The point of this first section is just to give you an idea of why knee problems are so common. There's just so many things that can be involved. So again, you've got those four primary ligaments as well as some smaller ones, probably the most common ones you'll hear about, especially, you know, being a Spokenite. If you're a Gonzaga basketball fan, you'll hear about like a basketball player tearing their ACL or a, another real common injury, especially not as quite as much in basketball as in football and soccer is MCL issues, whether it's, you know, it's a sprained ligament or it's a ruptured ligament. So depending on severity there. So those are also some other structures involved with your knee. And then you've got another handful of kind of random ones inside your knee. You've got two meniscus or two menisci, I guess you could say you've got your medial meniscus and you've got your lateral meniscus. More than likely, you know, someone who's had a meniscus tear and possibly even surgery because of the tear. So those are your two meniscus, several smaller ligaments as well that I kind of alluded to. And then you've also got this lovely structure called your IT band. And your IT band is this really tough, fibrous, soft tissue band that runs along the outside of your thigh. It actually starts up near your pelvis, up near your hip up there with a small muscle, runs the whole length of that outside thigh, and then it attaches down along the outside of the knee. IT band syndrome is pretty common in especially more active adults who walk a lot or run or cycle, things like that. But a lot of people just have IT band issues if, they've, if they have underlying issues with the knee or the hip or the core, possibly the back. That's kind of a laundry list there, but, but IT band issues are fairly common. If you push along the outside of your thigh, so you should notice like a tight spot. Again, just kind of running the whole length of your outside or lateral thigh. That's your IT band. For a lot of folks, if you just push on it, kind of pushing on mine right now as, as I'm speaking, if you push on it, especially kind of in the middle or down towards the knee, you'll notice some tender spots there. So the IT band, if there's issues with that, that can also directly impact the knee or again, vice versa. If you have a knee issue, it could be causing IT band irritation. So again, just to give you some idea of complexity of the knee joint and why pain in the knee or pain surrounding the knee is so common. I think one of the other reasons that knee pain is so common is because it's a joint right in the middle of your leg. So you look at it, it's got a, it's weight bearing. It's very much a weight bearing joint. So a lot of force going through it. But since this is in the middle of your leg, you get things like torsional stresses or twisting in the knee that can affect those ligaments and it can affect the um, meniscus. You also get the, the ability for your knee to kind of push in or push out, or it's real common in sports, you know, for your foot to plant and then you accidentally twist. So we would call these like a valgus or a varus stress where your knee is either pushing in or it's pushing out combine that with uh, weighting of the knee or loading of the knee and a twist. And you can imagine why all these, all these factors can cause some pain in the knee. So I hope that makes sense uh, just to kind of lay the foundation of why knees hurt. So within any of those structures that we just discussed, you can have pain associated with any of those. So you can have pain associated with any of those ligaments. You can have pain associated with the meniscus or with the IT band itself. And then of course you can have pain with any of the joints in your knee. So any of those bones coming together to form joints, you can have arthritic type pains or just inflammation. So 
lots of pain to be had, lots of structures can be involved with knee pain. And then I also wanted to mention a few other key factors that are going to affect the knee. Like I was just mentioning, mechanically speaking, the knee is between your ankle, your foot, and your hip. So mechanically, an issue above the knee or below the knee is gonna directly impact the function of the knee. So let's talk about some of those other factors that you wanna be aware of if you're trying to understand what's causing your knee pain and ultimately figure out how to get rid of your knee pain, which I should back up just for a second before I dive into this, uh, this next bullet point is because that's the whole purpose of a knee workshop or this knee podcast is I really want you to understand you know, not only how many things are involved with knee pain, the structures themselves, but also the mechanics. But I want you to understand what you have to look at when you're trying to figure out the root cause of your pain. And then what you have to look at then in terms of how to get, you know, long lasting pain relief, which will allow you to be more active and do, you know, specific activities like stairs, like standing up from a low chair or a couch or going for a walk with your spouse or your friends or if you're a little more active and you like hiking and you like snowshoeing and stuff like that. So again, keep that in mind as we go through. I'm not trying to overwhelm you with all of this information, but just kind of empower you to say, okay, well, these are the structures I need to be aware of. Here's how I you know, identify this structure or that structure, and here's how I proceed with feeling better. So since I just backtracked there, let's jump back in again. So several other factors that can affect pain in the knee or can influence it or contribute to it. So let's start with the ankle. Your ankle stability and your arch support will have a direct impact on the alignment and on the mechanics of your knee. So I know you can't see me drawing on the whiteboard right now, which I do at my workshops, and you can't laugh at my drawings, you know, maybe visualize that. But I like to draw these things on the whiteboard too and say, or I'll just take someone from the audience and say, if you can imagine just a normal knee, which I'll use my knee for an example. I'm a pretty average built male adult my knees tend to be pretty straight and I have a pretty good arch. But if you looked at me mechanically, then you said, okay, Luke, we're gonna take away your nice, you know, medium-sized arch in your foot and we're gonna collapse it. And what happens to the entire chain, my, my entire uh, biomechanics going up the chain when you collapse my arch? So if you can imagine yourself, if we squished your arch, your knee then tends to shift towards your midline, so towards the inside. So just from a purely structural mechanical basis, if you have a really flat arch, that could be causing knee pain because when your knee moves towards the inside or it moves towards your midline, that's gonna affect how the weight goes through your knee, not to get too technical, but your weight is actually gonna now be going much more towards the outside compartment of your knee and not as much towards the inside. When you compress the outside compartment, you're allowing that outside ligament to shorten and you're stretching the inside ligament. So right off the bat, you can tell that your joint might have an issue with that and several of your ligaments might have an issue with that. So that's the ankle. If you've got an unstable ankle where it's collapsing or you just have really low arches, whether that's just how it is, you know, you were born that way, or whether you've had an injury to your foot or your ankle, previous surgery, anything along those lines, when you look at mechanics from the ground up, that's what you, that's a lot of times where you want to start is just take a look at, is it stable? Can your ankle maintain a neutral alignment or are there other issues that are causing it to be out of alignment? So it's really important when you look at how to treat someone with knee pain and how to help them feel better that you do take a close look at their foot and their ankle. Again, working with that, basically that ground up mentality of biomechanics. So that's one thing to consider with your knee pain. If you're kind of looking at your knee saying, hey, what's going on with you? You might start looking at that ankle a little bit too. If we go above the knee then from more of a top-down perspective, not kind of the ground-up perspective, but you really need to look closely at your hip strength and your alignment of your hip, which also goes hand-in-hand -hand with your core strength and that muscle tone there. So an easy example of this is 
The, the average person with knee pain will have an issue with, the, with their hip as well. And usually what we'll find with people is that they have weakness in certain key hip muscles that would keep their hip in good alignment, but similar to a collapsed arch without proper strength, the knee will be allowed to basically just kind of drift towards the midline and it'll also rotate in a little bit. So again, I can't really explain it to you as well as I would like uh, in person, but I can just tell you there's, there's weakness in your hip rotator muscles and then in your abductor muscles. That is very common in people with knee pain. And the argument there would kind of be the chicken or the egg argument. So the argument would be, well, hey, is your hip weak because you have knee pain? And when you have knee pain, you're not typically bearing as much weight through that leg and you're not challenging the whole leg. Or do you have knee pain because of this hip issue? So it's kind of, it's kind of worth considering or thinking about at the end of the day, it probably doesn't matter when you're looking to treat your knee pain if you have hip and core weakness and that's having a negative effect on the alignment of the knee, then that's something that you want to target in on it and key in on. Part of that process though, after you've decreased your pain is to improve the muscle, the muscle tone around not only the knee, but the hip as well, because that, that hip muscle strength has a really, really significant impact on the knee alignment. So I hope that kind of makes sense. But again, start by looking below the knee at the ankle and the foot and the arch, and then also look above the knee at the hip and the core and make sure that you have strength up there. So those are two factors to, that you also want to consider when you're looking at knee pain. The other one that, I, that I'm really a big fan of people looking at more on a holistic level is that you could have other issues with pain, not just on that even particular side of the body. So a common example I would have and it kind of goes both ways, is that a lot of times people that have, let's say, a, a sore right knee also have a sore left hip. And I'm going to explain that in just a minute. So again, let's say you, you the listener, have a sore right knee. Um, you've had some issues with it. And then you also notice that on the other side of your body, you've got an issue. And it could be your left hip, could be your left knee, could be your left ankle, could be your left low back. So oftentimes what we'll find is people with pain on one side of their body in a joint like the knee will also have pain on the other side of the body somewhere else. And the reason I think this makes sense is because again, let's do chicken or the egg. Let's say that the chicken is the other side of the body. Hopefully that makes sense. So the chicken came first before the egg. So let's say you've had a sore left hip for a long time. Let's call it like a trochanteric bursitis. You've just got pain over on that left hip. Now you haven't gotten it treated, shame on you, but you've probably got some good excuse, <laughs> just like my excuse for not getting a podcast episode to you on time. But you've had this ongoing left hip pain for a long time. Maybe you had a surgery, maybe it's just bursitis, like I said. But either way, over time, what you're gonna do is you're gonna start to favor that left leg because the hip hurts. And when I say favor, I mean, instead of bearing symmetrical amounts of weight on your left leg and your right leg, you're gonna start to gradually shift your weight over towards the right leg because it feels better. So that works for a period of months and you're able to kind of get by with your activities and stuff. But then before you know it, your right knee starts bothering you. Now, from that perspective, I would say the right knee is now the egg. The right knee came second. What came first was that sore left hip. But if you come into, and the sore left hip caused you to put more stress, more weight, more torque, all these things through your right leg. Now, when you go up and downstairs, you're primarily using your right leg. Now, when you go to stand up from a low chair, you're primarily loading your weight through your right leg. So relatively, your right leg has just been overworked and now it's irritated and inflamed and angry at you. So again, now you say, well, geez, I got this right knee issue. Maybe you go to your doctor, get a referral, you show up in the clinic and you're talking to one of the therapists and they say, well, okay, your doctor sent you here for right knee pain. 
um, and your right knee pain is associated with this diagnosis, and then we're going to treat it. So what you have to consider, though, is that that person is an entire holistic unit. It's you know, you're an entire human being. If we only narrow in on that right knee pain and we figure out, oh, oh, it's a problem with the tracking of your patella or it's a problem with the ligament or whatnot. If we did that, we might be able to help you achieve some level of pain relief and uh, restoration of activity, but it's very good chance it would be short-lived gains if we didn't address the left hip issue. So I hope that makes sense. That was kind of a long explanation, but you really want to look not only at, again, like I said, those first two things you want to look, if it's your right knee, you want to look at your right ankle and your right foot and look at the arch and you want to look at the right side of your hip and you want to look at the core and the pelvis, but really you also want to take a leap over to the other side of the body and just make sure that there aren't other factors throughout your body that could be affecting the right leg. And again, it, 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 might, it might be a sore hip. It might be a sore back. It might be a previous left knee surgery. Maybe you had a left knee surgery years ago and it never quite got better. You know, it's always been a little sore or you've never gotten the strength back or the confidence back in that leg. And that's having a negative impact on your right knee. So again, try to think a little bit, um, I don't know if I'd call it outside the box, but a little bit more holistically, if you're, if you're trying to figure out what's going on with your knee or help someone else that you know, who's got, you know, like a spouse or a friend who's got knee pain. You know, you might look at both sides and just say, well, yeah, well, you had that, you know, again, you had that left ankle surgery a long time ago and it, it just kind of threw off the way you walk and the way you move. And now you're starting to get kind of a second order consequence or the egg, if you will, over on the right leg and it's manifesting as knee pain or hip pain or back pain. It's really important that you look at these things on both sides of the body, look at symmetry, look at any other causes of inflammation and pain and use that to determine what's going to work for your knee. So again, hope you're sticking with me so far. I haven't uh, nodded you off to sleep or anything, especially if you're driving, but uh, knee pain can be a little more complex than just knee pain. So that's the point I want to drive home today. That being said, let's go ahead and discuss my next bullet point, which is the most common type of knee pain we see in the clinic with our clients. And that is, and this is just, again, kind of average knee pain. Uh, not post-surgical pain, which I'll talk about a little bit later, but this is just common knee pain, super common, uh, also in young adults as well as you know uh, middle age and older adults. But this is going to be patellofemoral joint pain. Patello referring to your patella or your kneecap, and then femoral referring to your femur. And basically, this is pain surrounding or underneath kind of deep to your kneecap, and it's a really, really common cause of pain. So if you look at your kneecap, if you put your leg out straight in front of you and uh, you kind of scoot to the edge of your chair or your couch or wherever you're sitting, don't try this if you're driving, of course, or riding a bike or anything. But if your knee is relaxed and your leg is straight, you should be able to kind of grip your kneecap and just move it from side to side, up and down a little bit, but side to side uh, more so. That's your patella. And it's just kind of floating there. And what it's floating on top of is the shallow groove inside your femur. Now, when you're bending your knee or straightening your knee, your quadricep muscle is controlling the kneecap and it's just moving up and down in that groove. And that is your patellofemoral joint. So it's the cartilage underneath your kneecap and it's the cartilage on the front of that, you know, on the top of that groove in your femur. So that's a joint in your knee like we discussed earlier. Now, what happens to folks with patellofemoral pain typically is that poor tracking of the kneecap leads to that irritation over time, typically towards the front of the kneecap, or sometimes it just feels like it's deep, like right underneath the kneecap there. It's a very common type of knee pain. You know, just kind of gripping your kneecap and moving it around, you should be able to get an idea 
of just how unstable that kneecap is. Meaning unstable, not always in a bad way, but just meaning that it relies on a lot of muscular control from your quads. And then any changes to your mechanics, like I mentioned earlier, where your arch is collapsing or your knee is you know drifting towards the inside or rotating in because of a hip issue, any of those changes are gonna affect the tracking of the kneecap. So again, as your kneecap is moving up and down in that groove as you're bending and straightening your knee. Again, whether you're walking or going up and down stairs or whatever you're doing, it should remain in good alignment, nice alignment with the groove. So when it doesn't get in good alignment and it happens over time, then you're gonna get patellofemoral joint pain. So things to consider, we've talked about the mechanics of the knee quite a bit already, so I'm not gonna you know, beat that one to death, but you also really, patellofemoral joint pain is very common if you have quadriceps muscle weakness, and or you have hip weakness. The other thing I want to say about patellofemoral joint pain is it's much more common in females than it is for males, although it happens to men too. But the reason it's more common in females, there's two main reasons. And the first one is that as a female, if you're listening to this, you just tend to have smaller quad muscles, especially the inside portion of the quad that directly helps tracking of the kneecap. That's just the way it is. Female athletes are the same way. On average, you have less muscle mass than the average male. Um, obviously, that's an average thing. So you might have, if you're listening, you might have really good quad tone. Um, but that's one of the things kind of associated with patellofemoral pain being more common in females. And then the second thing is that I think is really probably an even bigger factor is that as a woman, on average, again, you've got a wider pelvis than the average man. If you look at you know me compared to my wife or you, know, you compared to the closest other relative around you, and you look at men versus women, women have tend to have broader pelvises that are flared out more. And that's kind of for obvious reasons of carrying a child. And what happens then is if your pelvis gets broader or wider, when your femurs are coming down towards your knee, you're going to tend to have a little bit more of an angle at your knee in terms of, we call it like a Q angle or a carrying angle, something like that. Um, but you're just going to have a little bit more of an angle towards being knock-kneed. So again, knock-kneed, not a medical term, would be a valgus force on your knee where your knee is moving more towards midline. So again, you're going to have a little bit more stress on that knee to begin with, just mechanically speaking. And that's just kind of how, how it is. So again, if you compound that with weakness in your quads or weakness in your hips or a flat arch, you're just much more susceptible as a woman to getting patellofemoral joint pain. So just want to throw that out there. There are some other factors uh, that you can't necessarily control, but that you should be aware of just because it would make the other factors more relevant for you to really key into. So that is the most common type of pain we see at the clinic. Of course, we have very good success in treating that type of pain, helping our clients with that type of pain. So don't despair. It's just very common. I wanted to introduce you to it today. So let me see, let me see. That's the most common type of pain. I also want to mention um, other common causes, which we've talked about a little bit. So I'll kind of breeze through this section. Ligament sprains are very common with the knee. I mentioned the MCL being a really common ligament sprain. The MCL is that ligament right along the inside of your knee joint. Very common. Um, if you kind of twist your knee or in football, it's kind of a gruesome injury where, where like the quarterback or the, one of the linemen will have a knee planted and then someone will hit the knee from the outside, pushing it in. And that will put a lot of stress on that MCL ligament and maybe pop it. For the average person with MCL pain, it's not typically torn or ruptured. Um, I just said the word pop, which isn't the nicest word to use, but hopefully you get the message there. It can be sprained and it can be partially torn. So that's your MCL right along the inside of your, your knee. Kind of alluded to this earlier, you can get muscle strains. So you can get a pain in your quad, you can get pain in your calf or your hamstring. So you gotta rule those things out as well. I mentioned meniscus tears earlier. So those are another common cause of knee pain, um, in addition to patellofemoral joint pain. 
and IT band ir- irritation. We kind of touched on that as well. And then, of course, uh, you've got good old arthritis. Uh, arthritis. Um, so just wear and tear of the cartilage in your knees. For the extreme version, of course, with end-stage arthritis or bone-on-bone arthritis that you would see on an x-ray, then you're looking potentially at total knee replacement surgery, which I might do a, a different podcast at some point in the future on total knee replacements because it's kind of its own special topic. It's, you know, it's its own very invasive surgery. It's got its own recovery process that's a little bit different from other surgeries just because of the the level of work that the surgeons do. That's one more thing though that you want to consider with knee pain if you've got a total knee replacement. And if you've had one previously, the other thing that will happen in about 10% of people is that it'll still be painful for years on end. And some of that is difficult to determine why, but definitely we'll get plenty of clients who have knee pain that they've been suffering with for years, even after a total knee replacement, which is very frustrating for them because they'll have friends who did wonderfully well and had two total knees and you know the rehab wasn't fun, but after they were able to suffer through it, they feel quite a bit better. So um, if that's you or you know someone like that, there are options for that. You just have to kind of dive a little deeper into what's causing the pain and and try uh, some different types of therapy with that. So again, I won't go into detail on total knee replacements today, but something to consider um, for those folks who are getting to that level of bone-on-bone arthritis. And then last thing, of course, with knee pain, anything traumatic, fractures, uh, surgeries, things like that. Those are things that, of course, demand a different level of uh, attention and approach with PT. So that is pretty much the majority of the information on what causes knee pain, what can go wrong and will go wrong with knee pain, things like that. So I just want to shift gears now into talking a little bit more about how we treat it. You've probably pieced together some of these ideas already because I've been just kind of tossing them out once in a while. But I do want to go into, you know, kind of tune it down here or or focus it down on what we actually do to help our clients with knee pain. So I'm going to start off this discussion with just throwing out, like I like to do in my workshops, the biggest mistake that people make who are suffering from knee pain. And this is a fun question because usually the the whole class kind of shouts it out at the same time or at least several people do. So the biggest mistake that you might be making if you're suffering from knee pain is that you try to ignore it. Life is busy. There's a lot going on. If you're like me, you've got kids, you've got parents, you've got a spouse, you've got work, you've got obligations. And unless the knee pain is really, really bothering me, I'm not doing anything about it. You know, I might ice it. I might take an ibuprofen. Actually, I don't take ibuprofen, but you might take an ibuprofen. You might do just some, you know, natural remedies over the counter. For me, I might do like a turmeric or a curcumin or do some extra ginger or something that's a little more naturally anti-inflammatory but I won't actually do anything about it. And uh, just like a lot of you listening, that's a big mistake to make if you compound that mistake with time because over time, things tend to get worse. The other mistake that, of course, is very common, especially in today's world, is that people just try to mask the pain. So again, are, are you living on ibuprofen and Aleve and Tylenol for months on end? Or did you go to the doctor and the doctor said, well, hey, why don't you take some hydrocodone? Hopefully that's getting less and less common as we speak, especially on a longer term basis, which I think it is. But again, you could just be masking the pain and in the meantime, hobbling around and, and negatively affecting several other things in your body. Like we discussed earlier, it could be throwing off the other side of your body in terms of your hip or your back or your knee, things like that. So that's the other uh, mistake people make. And what we would prefer you do, of course, is as soon as possible is that you fix the knee problem and determine what's going on. So when we want to oversimplify and say, okay, Luke, that sounds really nice. Uh, You let all this information and now you're telling me just to fix it. You know, what does that look like? Uh, So if you're thinking that, let's, let's dive in. And basically to oversimplify things, I look at knee pain just as a two-step process. 
So the first step before you can start any type of treatment or trying to eliminate your knee pain is you just have to really determine the root cause of the knee pain. What structures are involved in regards to the knee? Is it the patellofemoral joint? Is it a ligament issue? Is it a meniscus issue? Is there um, some muscular issues going on as well? Usually it's going to be a combination of those things. And then, as I have mentioned throughout today's podcast, looking outside the knee, look at the foot, look at the ankle, look at the hip, look at the core, look at the other side of the body, look at any issues with ongoing back pain or sciatica or SI joint pain, look at all these things and see which ones are having an impact and contributing to the knee issue. So that's step one, figure out exactly what's causing it. Usually you're going to try to narrow it down to two or three specific factors And then that's where you're going to focus your efforts in step two, which step two is we're going to design a PT program catered to those specific needs. So if you've got a patellofemoral joint issue and you've got some issues with ankle stability, and you've also got an issue with hip weakness and core weakness on the same side, those are the things we're we're going to want to address when we're helping you with a PT plan. Ultimately, again, we're not just talking about pain relief. We're talking about how do we get pain relief and then help you return to an active lifestyle. So let me dive into that too then. So once we get into step two, where we're designing a program to meet all of those specific needs for you, then our therapists are gonna walk you through what we call the three phases of healing. So again, this is your roadmap to to feeling better and to ultimately achieving your goals of being active and mobile and just enjoying life in general. So phase one then of those three phases is you're gonna wanna get some level of pain reduction. And pain reduction is something you want to pay a lot of attention to because if your knee hurts and you realize ultimately that you want to get a stronger knee and a more confident knee, your knee's not confident, but you'll be confident in the knee and you want more stability and you want more strength, you've got to give it some level of pain relief first. Once you start to get pain relief and pain relief can come in the form of taping. It can come in the form of some gentle stretches and exercises, gentle being the key word. It can come in the, f- in the form from our therapist of doing some hands-on therapy, especially if you've got a sore IT band, you've got a sore inside MCL ligament. So if there's some muscle issues and some ligament issues, pain relief can come in the form of those types of things. Now that's what I would focus your early plan on. And then as you're making some gains with phase one, you're starting to feel better. Then you can start to turn your focus a little more towards phase two, where we're going to be looking primarily at restoring strength and sometimes flexibility, depending on which tissues and which structures are involved. But really, a, a lot of your knee does come down to strength and stability. Um, again, we mentioned those quadriceps muscles earlier. You're going to need strength in those muscles. Ultimately, if you're trying to stand up from a chair, you're going to need strength in your other hip and buttock muscles like your gluteus muscles. You're going to probably need to boost your strength in those hip rotators that I mentioned and the hip abductors that I mentioned earlier as well as those core muscles that we've been talking about. So that's going to be in phase two. The mistake you want to avoid there then if you're entering into physical therapy as we speak, or maybe you've done physical therapy and didn't have the results you were quite looking for, is that if you just start, if you just try to jump straight to phase two, phase two being progressive exercises, progressive strengthening, you know, getting more difficult as you can tolerate and build your strength. If you just try to jump to phase two and skip phase one, a lot of times you won't get the results you're looking for. And the logic behind that I think is pretty simple is that if your knee is already really sore and irritated and we just try to start building strength from day one, potentially you're going to feel worse. And most people just aren't going to ride that out and I don't blame them. So again, don't skip phase one. And, or if you've done PT before and you feel like they've skipped phase one, you know, reach out to me or reach out to a, a different PT in your area. If you're listening from some, somewhere outside of our region here and just there's different, there's different approaches. So find a therapist who is willing to help you get pain relief first 
and then you have a better shot at, at improving your strength in phase two. Now, once you're making good progress with those first two phases, you're feeling a little bit better with your pain and your strength is starting to improve. Phase three then is where we really wanna make sure we focus all those gains on helping you return to all those activities that you care about. So again, for a lot of our clients, that's gonna be going up and down stairs with that knee, or it's gonna be getting up out of a low chair, or it's gonna be going for a two or three mile walk with a spouse or a friend or a loved one, or it might be something a little bit more intense depending on uh, their age. It could be hiking, could be snowshoeing, could be pickleball, could be tennis, anything along those lines. So in phase three, not only are you gonna need proper strength just to stabilize the knee, but you're gonna need a little extra strength to really make sure that you can get back to those more demanding activities. So that's what we're doing in phase three, helping our clients make sure that all of those gains are equating into gains that they really care about and that's what they're actually coming to us for physical therapy for in the first place, is that they want to not only feel better, but they wanna be active and they wanna have that control in their life where they can do the things they wanna do. Kind of on the tail end of that third phase too, which you could think of it as a fourth phase, I just kinda of tend to roll it all in because I think four phases is too many for, <laughs> for, for me at least. But you, we're also empowering our clients um, so that they know what they need to do going forward in the months and years to maintain those gains. So that could be a home exercise program. It could be, okay, now you've returned to a group exercise class, uh, something along those lines, which again, that's been a challenge for a lot of our clients during COVID is, um, you know, most of the gyms, if not all of them right now in Spokane, just they're not open. And so you've got to kind of get a little more creative with, are you meeting a friend for exercise outside or at your house or something like that? So regardless of how you're going to do it or transition to that kind of third and fourth phase, you've got to make sure that you know how to maintain the gains you've made. Otherwise, potentially you just backslide gradually, like I mentioned earlier on in the um, in the podcast here. That is what I have for you for knee pain. I know it's uh, it's been a, a good section of your life here listening. So hopefully you made it through the 40 minutes here with me and um, have some good information. And as always, I am happy to help you in any way that I can. If you're in the local area here, so if you're in Spokane, Spokane Valley, you're more than welcome to come do a free consultation with one of our PTs in the clinic. So these are free 30-minute consultations if you're looking for some help with your knee pain. So if you want to know more about those two things that we mentioned earlier in terms of what's the root cause of your knee pain and you know, can we help you with that? Can we, can we be the ones to help you regain your activity level? Then you can certainly take advantage of that. All you've got to do is you can visit our website if you want to, uh, gordonphysicaltherapy.com. And it's all spelled out just like that, gordonphysicaltherapy.com. And uh, fill out one of the forms on the website, or you can just call the clinic directly. Uh, phone number is 509-892-5442. And just talk to one of the people up uh, at the reception desk and tell them your situation and tell them that you'd like to um, take advantage of one of those free consultations. So that's definitely an option if you're local. If you're not local um, and you just want some more free information, there's more reports on the website. I've got two free reports on the website, actually. I've got a report for knee pain. If you look under our services, and again, just go to the main website, look under knee pain. I got a report there. And then I've actually got a separate report for total knee replacement surgery. So I've got those resources for you. Lots of blog posts on knee pain as well. If you like blog posts and videos, we've got all those for you. And even if you're outside the Spokane area and you, you, know, you want some advice and tips, we're actually allowed to do telehealth now. It's one of, I think, the better things that came out of COVID. We didn't have a whole lot of options, especially with our Medicare clients for telehealth, meaning that we can do a video call or a phone call and we can still work with you and you can use your insurance as opposed to having to pay out of pocket for PT sessions. So those are some good options for you. Again, if you're local, take advantage of the free consultation. Just give us a call. Where's the website? We've got on the website, like I said, those two free reports. If you're interested in telehealth, certainly reach out to us there as well. 
So that is going to wrap up today's podcast. Um, with any luck, this will be one of the last episodes for a while that I do solo here, sitting by myself, talking to my recorder. And uh, with any luck, I'll have another guest interview for you in about a month or so. Hopefully people are kind of coming out of the out of hiding a little bit. And even if we have to sit six feet apart, we can still have a good conversation about some natural ways that you can improve your health. I've got some interesting guest speakers in mind, so hopefully I can corral them and you know wrangle them up here for you in the next month or so. Um, and as always, again, thank you for listening. I hope you're doing well during COVID and just life in general. And I hope you are able to feel good and stay active if you can and, and still get outside at the very least and enjoy some of these wonderful activities, even if a lot of the other indoor type activities have been shut down for the time being. And I hope you're able to stay positive and take care of yourself mentally and yeah, all those other facets of your health. So I hope you're doing well as a whole person and feeling good. And anything I can help you with, of course, reach out to me at any time. I mentioned my email earlier. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes again, but I'm happy to help. Uh, even if you just need a few words of encouragement and a few words of positivity, I'm always available for that. So that's it for me. Uh, this is Luke Gordon again. Thank you for listening to this Tale of Spokane podcast. And with any luck, I will talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, sponsored by Gordon Physical Therapy. To stay connected with the Stay Healthy Spokane community, visit www.stayhealthyspokane.com. And we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast.